Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Well, thanks. What kind of shenanigans have been happening on that set, the Ghostbusters set? I can only imagine. Well, it's a bunch of kids who haven't, you know, I mean... We're working with this kid, uh, Logan, who's this like, an incredible kid from Texas. He's never worked on a movie before, and he is like a full professional and amazing. And uh, yeah, we just have a great cast. It's been really fun. I'm excited to see it. Anything you can tease that we can expect? Yeah, I think it's you know, it's I think it's a really faithful movie if you love the originals, and uh, yeah, people are gonna love it. Still playing with toys presents. The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! I love that you had your Halloween parade and Thanksgiving in the same weekend. Uh, That's a convenient time to do it. (laughs) That's doing it right, man. Well, it's a long weekend. They do it on the Sunday, which I think is easier to get just because the downtown core, a whole bunch of businesses. You know what I mean? Like some businesses stay open Sunday. But everything closes. Yeah, Yeah, everything's closed on Monday. But Monday's, well, it's Thanksgiving Monday. So a lot of people do their dinner then. Some do it Sunday. Some do it, I don't know. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Worked out very well. They figured fifteen to seventeen thousand people. And it's not a very long route, so they that was it was pretty thick with people, especially at the turn. Oh my god, there was a semi coming up behind us. Like the trailer was had a float on it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like a it's like it head, the parade heads up one street, turns, heads up a half block to the next street over, and then turns up and heads that away for a bit. And they actually had all these these poor PAs out there in pumpkin costumes. Please step back, step back. I'm like, there's no way this a whole bunch of people are gonna sc- have to scatter real quick. Well, if if the semi truck is coming, they'll see it. And oh yeah, move, exactly. You would hope, but uh, but yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, that's good. Excellent. Pretty good weekend. Got to relax a bit. I think I was. I actually think I was technically sick on uh, Monday. Yeah, yeah. I was just just tired and stiff and sore. Now, that said, I was so caffeinated like a few days before that I was up really late on (laughs) Sunday night. So that might be part of it. But (laughs) I decided I deserved it, so I slept quite a bit of the day Monday. Oh, that's good. That seems like a good Thanksgiving thing to do. Like, sleep, eat, sleep some more. Sleep, eat, sleep some more. Yeah, uh, yeah. All in all, it was pretty play good. some uh, Ghostbusters video game. No. Oh no, God yeah. no! I have no time for that. <laughs> you fool! <laughs> I've been toying with the idea of getting it in the Epic Store, but I haven't gotten around to it again. Yeah. The, the irony is the project of just wrapping is also in Unreal, so I spend a lot of time in the Unreal uh, <laughs> launcher, staring at the games I never have time to play. But um, uh, what did I do? Oh, Sunday. Thomas really wanted to go see the Adams Family, so we went and saw the Adams Family. Oh, how was that? I hear I hear mixed things. I hear, yeah, it's good. It's, I hear it's okay. 
it's okay. Let's let's just put it that way. It had some real delightful moments. Uh, it did not rise enough to blow me away, but Thomas loved the heck out of it. So he's been just from the trailer. He's been quoting Nick Crawl for like three months. You sank my battleship. Like he's just, <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. Let's go see but, it. The yeah, Nick Kroll. That was the surprising one. The funny one was Oscar Isaac. We were watching, there was a, a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, uh, like, behind-the-scenes thing on that we were watching, and Oscar Isaac has got this, like, gray streak through his hair right now, and I'm like, you know, he would make a really good Gomez Adams, and Kelly goes, <laughs> turns out he did. you know he's the voice of Gomez in the new movie, right? And I was like, no, he is. <laughs> they, um... Uh, it's a real hearkening back to the cartoon, which I really kind of like. Um, Christina Aguilera recorded a song, um, My Heart is a Haunted House. Oh, yeah. Is that the one that was on the 31 Days of Halloween? It probably was, because they, they made know. a big deal about it being from the new Adams Family movie. Probably. They all, there was only two pops, like new pop songs recorded. Hers and uh, Migos did uh, My Family, which was way more bouncy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this was like a, a ballady kind of thing. This was yeah. a full-on uh, seance for Screaming Jay Hawkins. <laughs> to the extent that I need you to go listen to it because I need extra ears. Like I'm, I am this close to to emailing what's his name that does the the soundtrack. Oh, podcast. D- yeah, David Collins. Yeah, like she. And the backup music, like the music for the thing, sounds like it was recorded in contemporary with Screaming Jay Hawkins. Like, it sounds like she's being, like, it even, there's a couple of high bits she does that peaks out the same way, like, you know, not not a digital peak out, but there's like a, there's sort of that. Uh, distortion, that yeah, overload that, distortion yeah, on the that overmodulation or whatever happens. That yeah. Oh my! And it is that's it funny. is beautiful. And and it is like you listen to it and it's got like the screaming Jay Hawkins style horns and all that. And it's like oh, huh. I, I can't I've, stop listening to it. I wonder if that yeah that that might that might have been intentional. Uh, oh but, no! I I, I guarantee yeah. you it's intentional. Like the 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 song is very reminiscent of his, like. Um, it's very much sung in her style, but it is well. It's it's very much sung by her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that was a that was a sentence that oh, means nothing. That's it was funny. It's a it's a song it's sung by she her. She sang it. That she, she did that. Sang it. Holy cow! <laughs> no, but it's 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 very much feels like uh, well, I don't know. You got to listen to it and you'll see what I mean. There's no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts. They knew what they were doing. Huh. But what I'm trying to figure out is to what extent. Like, was is, did they accomplish this? In the computer, uh, or maybe. did they go that once and, and go f- recorded in the same booth or whatever? Yeah, interesting. I don't even know about the same. Well, here's the thing: I don't. I don't think you need to do the booth so much. I think you can fake that up. Most studios, you know, you can put in the the dividers and all that, and you can kind of fake out the space to a little bit. Yeah, but it's like the mics yeah. and all that. Like, because it, you know, oh god, it is killing me. I get my get my Rolodex. I need to call every sound person I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it is so good. Like it makes the movie all by, and it's it plays at the beginning of the movie, and the movie opening of the movie uh, reveals uh, it's all about Morticia. Oh. Like it's it's uh, it is so good. Interesting. It's worth it just to go see that. If you're an Adam's Family fan, it's not going to set your world on fire in general, but it's a lot of fun. 
Uh, I hope it sets up and does well enough that it does some more stuff. But man, that opening with that song and Morticia, it's like, uh, let's just say goths everywhere got another five years out of it. Like it's just, it's really good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'll definitely see it and I'll definitely, I, I'm, I'm a, I don't know all those little things like the David Collins pointing out in Goonies that data's theme is uh pretty reminiscent of Wagner's right of the Valkyries kind of thing. Like I, I yeah. love that kind of, did that. you listen to the new one? Uh, I haven't. No. Danny Elfman. Oh my! No. <laughs> if you liked the Goonies one, you'll there, love yeah, the Danny ready. Elfman one. But uh, oh, it's so good. It's uh, Halloween music. Yeah, Halloween exactly. Music. That's what. I, so everybody that's tuning in and is like, guys, you dropped the ball. You haven't talked for Ghostbusters for three weeks, <laughs> and now I'm hearing uh, Christina Aguilera, and I know we're getting to it. That's what happens hey. when Chris and I don't get to talk. We hey. don't get to catch up. They know how we work. The first 10, 15 minutes is a throwaway. And I'm insulted if it's a throwaway because, frankly, I think we give you good information. We here, do so. what we can. It's just not Ghostbusters yeah. information. Uh, uh, I, you know, if you want to be Ghostbustery about it, um, we'll follow it up. God, it's close to Halloween. So we actually have our – because you got a – hey, Halloween's got a Halloween. Uh, there's the, the traditional WGBI coming down the, yeah. the pipes and all that. I think we'll be able to fit it in next week. I'll have to do some math here, but, um, coming up soon, uh, Mr. Paul Gagnon of the cheap show podcast and fellow ghost head. Um, uh, I'm getting old. Was he not on? A long time ago to talk we, about his article. We were on and all that. his podcast. We were on That's, his yeah, podcast. I, I made that mistake too because I was like, "Oh yeah, we've talked," but we, we talked to him, and it wasn't yeah. for Cheap Show. It was for the thing that he did for Geeky Monkey. So I, for I Geeky was very, Monkey. Yeah, that's right. I was very politely, but you know, in a Paul Gagnon <laughs> way, uh, corrected on that. Yeah, uh, that's I. I had a vague. It's, <laughs> I'm like a trauma victim. I'm getting flashes of. Uh, <laughs> oh no! I suddenly remember. Uh, the smell of bananas and uh, the baby crying and Paul Gagnon was asking questions about Ghostbusters. Um, he's he's going to write a book. Um, oh, he was, good. He was telling I didn't me. know that. What what is he writing? Um, <laughs> he kind of filled me in on it. It's it, it came together very quickly. So the time between uh, the Okie Doke and uh, it getting rolling because I think it's going to be partially crowdfunded. Uh, is coming up real quick, so I, 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 I don't think he has a title yet. But the premise is really good because it's very personal. It's more of a, uh, uh, you know, Paul and Ghostbusters. It's it's kind of Ghostbusters. Let's put it this way: Ghostbusters all mean something to us on a personal level. Well, he's just going to talk about it, it and uh. his interest in ghost stuff, and and it's interesting because he what the way he described it to me, it fills out. Because I have, I've been talking. I talk all the time. You and I talk about this. We've talked about it here on the podcast. I talk about it people everywhere I can about that whole. We need to come up with a name for it. By the way, that magic age of ten, eleven, twelve, when you get you go see that. You see that movie and it blows your mind. Yeah, that whatever one, that right? sweet spot is that it really just affects yeah. you for the rest of your life. Yeah. We've talked about that to no end. What I realized when he was talking to me about his book is that there's a continuation of the pattern, which is when you get 13, you only got a couple more years. Because remember, we've talked about this before, right? Like I missed RGB because, you know, like I love Ghostbusters and I, I watched a bit of the cartoon and the I, I got a couple of the first toys and then... 
while everybody else was, you know, younger than me was just diving right in, I was heading into late teens, right? And then you've got school, you know, relationships, like (laughs) dating, all this stuff kind of is coming along. And then for various reasons, uh, either we never connect with it again, like there's bits of our childhood we just never connect, but there seems to be that sweet spot thing of 10, 11, and 12 that blows your mind. Somewheres in your early adulthood, like university age or kind of like uh, early to mid-20s, for whatever reason, there's just something and you, you're drawn back into it. And, and basically, the long and the short of it is that sounds like what his book is going to be. Yeah. He's going to talk about Ghostbusters yeah, through the lens of Paul and Paul through the lens of Ghostbusters. And Maybe a little – didn't he do like a one-man show that was kind of something similar to I, that or – Maybe, yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. But yeah. at the same time, oh, cool. I barely remember talking to him because <laughs> I'm getting old. So I'm just going to smile and nod about that. Where am I? What's um, my name? Yeah. What's my name? But anyways, um, yeah, he mentioned that. I'm going to mention it now. I don't, I don't have a lot of good information, but it's coming up quick. And as I have more details, we'll, yeah, it'll we'll be all over our social media. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Excellent. Uh, so right, how you been? How are you? Uh, I, I closed <laughs> all three rings on my uh, Apple Watch, uh, pounding my fifth Oreo about five minutes ago. That's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> you said a right string now. of English, and I individually understood the words. Yeah, but as a sentence, no, it doesn't make any sense. It I doesn't. Have, it doesn't make. And sense. I have no context clues. Uh, You're <laughs> like I've. I am Marty, <laughs> and I am in the future. And you, you are what's his name from Lord of the Rings, speaking in a language That's, I should understand, and I do not. Yeah. That's what I do. That's what I do. But, I'm waiting uh, for you to like, you use your hands? That's for babies. <laughs> like. uh, yeah, it's it's been a couple weeks, my friend. It's, it's been, been a... I'm that's, right that's there what happened. I mean, I, I kind of explained it last week, but um, between uh, family, uh, home stuff, uh, work stuff, and all of a sudden there were uh, fires in Los Angeles that made it I impossible heard. to breathe. It that's, was like, um, it was the perfect like just the conflat the whole thing just was a total mess and then and then did you you did you guys did you guys not sweep out the the underbrush again uh be honest at one point or another (laughs) half of los angeles is on fire that's just we're we're in the snake plissken era of los angeles at this point but um yeah so it's it's been it's been interesting but I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to get back onto the regular schedule. I mean, the funny thing is, so we're going to be talking about your uh, Calgary trip, which happened right in the middle of, of that. So that's where yeah. we we kind of uh, you and I we really, we like looked at each other and kind of went, huh? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but uh, so we'll talk about uh, cleaning up the town. Um, and the audio didn't make it. There was there was an audio. There was a technical issue, right? So we're not we don't have that audio that you talked about last week. Uh, to the play. long and the short of it is, I'm an idiot. No, that was the short of it. The you, long of it is I, both. I was really, uh, let's put it this way. I had my Zoom and I wanted to, my plan was, is I was going to use the mic. The mic on the Zooms record really well. Yeah. And I figured in a theater, it'd be pretty good. Uh, and I had it poised and ready to go and it takes forever to like load up. So oh, like I, was, yeah. I turned it on, it was loading. And then it was this weird improv rush of there. It wasn't like there was a lockstep plan. For me, they they allowed me to go up and and moderate a Q and A with uh, Anthony and Claire Bueno and uh, Derek Osborne were there. Um, 
So I hopped up and thought I pressed record. I may have only pressed the yeah, ready to record like the, button. Yeah, there's like you have to push record twice on those Zoom recorders. Uh, it's a so, so imagine the look on my face when I hop down and go, oh, that was a great Q&A, I have nothing. And then icing on the cake, <laughs> Dustin of the Alberta Ghostbusters, who we've talked about before, who professionally does sound for events, looked me in the eye and said, you had a professional that could have done that thing for you. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I was excited sorry. and everything was moving fast. Uh, that said... Uh, man, the screenings are popping up left, right, and center for this thing, and my understanding is that uh, the Buenos are going to hang around uh, North America a little bit. I'm kind of hoping to cross paths with them again, in which case it won't be the Q&A, which was really cool, but maybe just do a sit-down, catch yeah. up? Yeah, well, yeah, let's do that. That's We'll, right. we'll, we'll figure out a way to, to replace that Q&A uh, audio. But, and then and maybe, we'll talk about the Q&A itself and the actual screening. Yeah. We can get your thoughts on the movie. We'll do that in the second half of the show, but... Um, and I can forgive myself, and you can all forgive me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But let's do this. So there's lots of, uh, there was lots of news in the last like three weeks. Uh, and you touched on uh, quite a big chunk of it uh, in your your solo uh, podcast. So I tip my cap to you, Chris. You, you did an excellent job doing that. Um, so I, I figured we would just kind of touch on the the news items that you and I need to to talk about just as fans sure. to, to have a, a good conversation. So we'll jump into the news, but this is not a full and complete news rundown. This is just the, the highlights, the stuff that we want to talk about. Here we go. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. So yeah, I, I I really wanted to lead off with that. Uh, well, there's two videos to actually to talk about here. Um, there's a Twitter <laughs> account called Ion Cinema. Um, who, if you forgive them for retweeting anybody and everybody's top five Quentin Tarantino movies uh, for like two days straight, which I had to mute their account for a <laughs> solid 48 hours there. But they, they're posting some really great uh, video photos, uh, just sort of behind the scenes stuff that is very kind of rare, kind of uh, revealing about certain movies. Um, and of course, they've they've posted a couple of Ghostbusters things now at this point. But the one of note... Uh, was a video of Rick Moranis and Sigourney Weaver on the um, the stage eight uh, no stage sixteen sorry the the big stage at Warner Brothers uh, for the Temple of Zool uh, scene uh, laying down on the pillar and Rick Moranis is not in Lewis Tully mode he is in full Mackenzie Brothers mode <laughs> and. Sigourney Weaver, ever the professional, is like, okay, Rick, yeah, let's go. And, you know, Ivan is trying Goating to keep things moving as well. But at the same what? time, like, yeah, letting, <laughs> letting him go. Uh, I, I don't know. I think uh, Zach called out that this might have been from the Japanese Laserdisc, but um, I, I know I've seen this. I know I haven't seen it in a really long time. So it was sort of like, oh, I vaguely remember that. Do you know where that came from? No, I have no recollection of seeing it before. And, and the um, Japanese Laserdisc would make sense, but it would have the, the subtitles burned into it, which uh, I, it I did, not, it did not have. So unless they yeah. cropped them out for the for the Twitter account, which I doubt they did. But um, yeah, I I don't know where this came from. It's, it's a great, I don't know what, 45 seconds, one minute. It's a short clip, uh, obviously. Yeah. But, well, here, I'm going <laughs> to... This ties into the next bit because they yeah. they released two clips. I'm now wondering if that first clip is not 
it not somehow tied to the second clip in that there was a news feature or something yeah shot at some point so yeah so the next clip was it's uh ivan reitman sitting in the editing uh bay with sheldon khan uh at the you know the old uh, Steenbeck like reel to reel editing machine. Um, Look it up, kids. Yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, it's kind of revealing because they're looking at a sequence of shots on the monitor, um, and you're getting to see that process of them in editorial. But uh, I think you you pointed out what the hell is that shot? Like, what are they looking at that's Ghostbusters related? It's obviously Ghostbusters. But were you able to kind of do some forensic work and figure out what that oh. was? Absolutely none. Uh, it is not a high resolution because whatever it was, it was shot uh, for television in the right. 80s and then encoded <laughs> and put up on Twitter. Like there's a couple of layers of it's, compression. It's crunchy upon crunchy, yeah. You see like literally one or two frames of somebody on a motorcycle like almost not head on but – straight up and a little to the right kind of looking down on them and then it moves over like the bit you see on the um the the viewer screen that they're while they're editing is uh somebody on a motorcycle like taking a jump on garbage and crashing like yeah like a big stunt it's definitely a big stunt yeah and the the only real place it seems to possibly fit is with the 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 zombie taxi driver uh it, it was almost like when they shot it because because it ended up in the montage and they knew they were going to kind of do that thing but i don't think they knew how quickly it was going to move necessarily um because we've heard you know uh nope sorry we have not because i'm now starting to write in bits of cleaning up the town that I saw with Steve, jo- <laughs> Steve Johnson talking. Well, well we do know um, that, Steve, that was Steve Johnson has said multiple times. It was the very first thing that yeah, he had to do. He, and it was also one of the first do. things they shot. So we, uh, we know that. Uh, so it's quite possible that they, here's the other thing. We also know they talked in New York, shoot as much as you can because you're not getting back to New York, right? right? Like there's no, so I'm wondering if, if they were already like tying up the street, uh, and doing some car crashes, they didn't just pad it out. Like that thing was, a, you know, an extra 10 seconds to the scene or whatever that they were, they had planned. And ultimately in the montage, they cut down, um, by this point, maybe somebody else has kind of gone through it, but it's the consensus seems to be, uh, most likely, the zombie taxi scene. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Or, or stay puffed. The only other logical place would make sense where, you know, stay puffed is walking through Columbus circle and everybody's trying to get out of the way of this giant 50 foot marshmallow man. But possibly but that's, but made, that's it, people running. That's like more, you know, chaos. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It, in the quick bit that we see, it does seem to be kind of that, gray overcast daytime light that the zombie taxi driver was, uh, okay. was shot so not in. not nighttime. Uh, not yeah. nighttime. Which, well, not which nighttime, but would, yeah, you know, sun yeah. obscured. Yeah. It would, it would stand out quite a bit more. So hmm. uh, that's just the best guess. But now see, the thing is, is there's no confirmation on any of this, but I, I kind of wonder now if um, whatever this, because you hear a, a voiceover, a woman talking about, so it's kind of like it's from some sort of some sort of behind know, the like, scenes, like you a said, a news package. For, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm wondering if the that's 
if that's the case, we must find it. Uh, so everybody get your pitchforks and we'll converge on Eyes on Cinema <laughs> and make Give them us tell us where source. they got it. Yeah. It's really, it's good stuff. Trust me. So uh, well, go find it. Yeah. Hopefully we can get more of that video or if, if more exists, uh, we can pull some out of that. But uh, yeah. if they're pulling it off of one place, we'll see more of it because they're going to yeah they'll dissect it as much as they can absolutely so uh ion cinema on twitter uh i don't believe they're on instagram uh i think twitter is the only place to find that right now but uh check check that out um one thing that you weren't able to mention last week um and i think i briefly mentioned in my little cut in at the top but uh sony's uh ar experience slash game slash whatever we want to call it an augmented reality um, uh, immersion experience uh, that they had at the Fan Fest um, as like a prototype that some people were lucky enough to play. Uh, not a lot of people were able to get through and do it, but uh, it is now something you can do in Japan. Uh, it seems like this is something that is launched and you can, as of October 12th, so after after we're recording this, uh, after this is well out and on the <laughs> airwaves, you can, if you're in Japan, go check it out. Um, because I, it seems like the void experience has for all intents and purposes been shut down. Like there, I think that's come to a close. I don't know of any places that are still, I think one person called out, maybe the, is it Vegas? Do you know there was one, one void location still has it, but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, I think, I think whatever the, whatever the, uh, the contract that the void had has, has come and gone and they're working on, you know, Disney and Marvel stuff now. But, uh, so Sony has their own thing. No word on if it's going to be coming uh, to North America at any point soon, but I'd say it's a pretty safe bet. I'm sure that at some point in time it will appear at a mall or, uh, some, something maybe Sony will finally make good on opening their, uh, their theme park that they keep talking about for 50 years they're going to do. But well, the best part about the system is that you can really set it up anywhere um, as evidenced by the fact that this thing was uh, is now running in Sony's uh, Ginza Park. Right. Uh, yeah. But was, and there's a, they, they released a, a trailer uh, for it uh, online on YouTube that was quite obviously shot on the Sony lot in, in um, Culver City. And the thing there is that we now know in retrospect that's what they were shooting like Thursday or Friday before FanFest yeah. started. And then they left everything up and running uh, for people, like you said, a few people to try. In the, in the madness, a few people got to try. Uh, we were actually uh, kind of given the chance and it just, ugh, in the madness, weren't able to. It never happened. I, part, yeah. part of me wishes I could have now, but it just it wasn't it wasn't working out. But the point there is is that uh, Sony's lot, not Ginza Park in Japan. <laughs> so apparently, yeah. it's really just a matter of setting up markers and people putting on the headsets, and they can run around anywhere. It's not constricted like the Void is. Yeah, the Void you have to they have to have a physical location where they put all the props and all of the special effects and stuff in place. Uh, you know, they they need to put the heater where there's going to be heat and the marshmallow smell where there's going to be marshmallow smell and that kind of thing. Uh, so this, this is different, is, but, yeah. This um, is essentially a video game overlaid over your vision that you can play outside anywhere. Yeah, so. yeah, with a couple of guides. Uh, in the trailer you see the guides and I did rem- uh, everybody that has talked about uh, 
Well, <laughs> that's the other thing is a lot of people weren't able to talk about it. So the little bit that we have heard was like, it was cool. There was somebody that ran around and handed us things. That's all I can really say to you. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so stay tuned. Hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, to experience that uh, here for ourselves. Um, speaking of other games that we can experience for ourselves, we did talk about Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. Uh, Chris, you said you haven't had a chance to, to crack into it. I have literally played... 10 minutes of it and had to shut it off uh, myself, but, um, it is out there. Uh, I know that the PC version has had a, a lot of problems that Saber 3d, uh, I'm sorry, Saber interactive, uh, has said that they've released a patch for, and they're still working on some of the, the bigger, uh, issues with that too. So if, if you are having any issues, make sure that you download whatever the most recent upgrade or update is. Um, and they're also looking for your help to, to identify those bugs so that they can fix them. So if you're experiencing something they haven't fixed, um, I think it's uh, saber3d.com. If you go to that website, there's a contact uh, email address that you can hit them up at. But um, the game, I mean, everybody seems happy with it. Uh, I know that a lot of people are saying that, well, why didn't they fix X, Y, or Z? And why did they change X, Y, or Z? Uh, Chris, you mentioned a few things last week uh, that people have called out you know, like the um, the Ghostbusters 2 patch just being overlaid on top of the Ghostbusters yeah. 1 patch, which is like, that was an error in the original game. Why is it an error here? Why didn't you fix that? Well, there, <clears throat> there have been a few articles that have come out, and we've actually tried to get some of the, the folks involved in the remaster uh, to come here on the show, and we're still working on that. But um, it sounds to me like they had to do a lot of, of investigating and a lot of... Um, archaeology to really dig and find the code and they had to reach back to the uh, original cutscene artists and have them send their original yeah. art files to basically recreate all of the cutscenes. that's why some of the models are different and some of the things have changed in there um, it's everybody seems to <laughs> this is um just because it's something that is made on a computer and runs on a computer doesn't mean it's as simple as pressing a button. Right. Uh, the, and I, I, we talked about this before. The fact that they got a 10-year-old game with the two companies involved are dead and gone. Yeah. It is a miracle it is running uh, because it's <laughs> – when people are like, oh, it's just you get the code and then you make it work. It's like, it, no, it's, it's not like being handed a book and you just start reading. Like – you have to step through it and try to like what's where and like it it well and and as you say with companies that are are gone and don't have their running you know LTO backups anymore so they had to go to artists and say hey do you happen to still have this and they would go to whatever their archive hard drive is that maybe or maybe they didn't may or may uh, not. hold on to yep. and and so so, I mean, the good news is they were able to put the full experience of the the campaign together. They were not able to add on any of the additional levels, which I know a lot of people were kind of hoping would happen. But that that was not the case. They couldn't add levels and cutscenes and things like that. Um, to me, the, the bummer, and I'm hoping that they're able to somehow remedy the situation, but it doesn't sound like the multiplayer is going to happen. At least that's my un uninformed unprofessional opinion of it but just reading all of the articles in IGN and and GameSpot and all those places um because of the reasons that you just mentioned Chris that the other vendor that was working on the multiplayer was working with an unfinished version of the the main game engine code um and and in fact 
the game shipped within uh, like a prototype version of that game engine code in the multiplayer and they have no idea which version that was and they've they've yep. gone through all of these different drives and all of these archives and they can't figure out what was actually running the multiplayer <laughs> yeah. which is I mean, I, I get it. Like think back to, uh, for those of you that are older, think back to some of your high school papers that you wrote. Do you know where they are? Can you pull them up and, and print them out right now? No, probably not. Uh, yeah. maybe they're the, on a floppy disk somewhere. Uh, if you're like old it, people, it's, like me. it's almost closer to the Enigma machine or <laughs> in that you may hold the code book and you may have an Enigma machine, but if you don't have the pieces of the sequence you need to to plug into the Enigma machine, you're not going to decode yeah. anything. Yeah. So they have the code, great, but if they don't know what version, <laughs> like this, only and it's it's not it's not like it's not like you're just plugging a plug into different ports. Does it work? Does it work? Does it work? Does it work? Like you kind of like trust me, um, the nightmares of a project you know, getting updated to an, a new version. And if you have an update, you go to try to run it to work on it. And, hey, everything stopped working until yeah. you update. And so uh, it's, like I said, it's slightly miraculous. Actually, no, it's pretty miraculous that um, it is a an in-house engine setup, meaning it's not like it was made in, for example, um, some sort of third-party engine. Uh, and if, cause if it was that, if that was the case, you, there's a lot of resources to turn to, you know, uh, figure out what was going on there. No, this was all, uh, their in-house engine, their in-house physics. And then, yeah, the three wave, I think it was, did the multiplayer. They're gone, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, and, and as evidenced by like the patch thing you mentioned, right. They, it looks like they spent all their time and energy just just doing the porting they needed to do yeah. to get it up and working again. And so everybody's like, it's such a simple thing. It's like, <laughs> A, probably not as simple as you think, and B, so li- low priority compared to some of the stuff that uh, it. If, I think at some point they probably just went, no, just never mind. Yeah. And and I know that the one of the other main criticisms I'm seeing is that, you know, it's – it's being quite generous to call it a remaster. It's not really, uh, yeah, the frame rate is a little higher, and uh, they didn't really do that much to remaster things. But in fact, you know, they did have to recreate those those cutscenes from scratch. Um, and uh, I know that the the audio mix has been uh, sweetened uh, quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's mainly just that we get to play this on platforms where we weren't able to before. That's that's kind of the main draw yeah. to this. And and again, for the price point for twenty nine ninety five. Um, the, the fact that I'm playing Ghostbusters the video game on my Nintendo Switch, uh, even though mm-hmm. I'm not playing it, I uh, get to play it that much. <laughs> that that you're right, it's miraculous. It's not something that you would have expected. Um, and so uh, the good news is, if you want to play the multiplayer, the Xbox uh, 360 version still works. The backward compatibility uh, version still works, and you can still play the multiplayer um, if you're lucky enough to get somebody in the, the lobby with you i'm still trying to get come on people let's play some multiplayer (laughs) Um, we'll have to organize something yeah we'll have to and and hopefully they will get that i mean hopefully they will make good on it i know that they were really trying and you know with limited time limited resources they did want this out before halloween um which has been abundantly clear in all of the interviews is they wanted it out for the 35th anniversary they wanted it out for halloween um so they were up against a wall but uh 
yeah, hopefully the multiplayer happens. And uh, if not, at least you have this this version of the game and and the uh, and the opportunity to play it again because it is fun. It's a great story, and you do get uh, all four of the uh, the original Ghostbusters back together. I know that's you know the the in memory of Harold Ramis that they added, even though it's the wrong font. Yes, I know it was the weird temp card that they put in there uh that yeah they could have matched the font or made it even look kind of similar to the credits at the top of the show but you know it's the it's in tribute of harold ramus and so it's the thought that counts that's what we need to think about everybody and um, still uh still a, a i was about to say top five and i'm trying to think of any other examples that might not make it top three if not the the best uh film television property um uh, uh, translation to video yeah, games, like a licensed tie-in right? game. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, probably some of the superhero ones are pretty darn yeah, good too. Well, but, uh, especially yeah, especially by but, now. But back in two thousand and nine, it was definitely top of the heap. So. Yeah, totally. And again, to keep in mind, this game came out ten years ago, and we get to talk about it like it's brand new again. That's that's pretty cool. So that's an insane amount of time in video games. Ten yeah. years ten, is a crazy ten amount years. of time. Ten, ten years. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's wrap up because uh, I want to talk about Clean Up the Town and we have Ghostbusters 2020 stuff. So I, I'm trying sure. to keep us uh, to some time, but uh, some these, news. these are all short points. Do the short, short points. Short points. So Hero Collector, uh, they have a couple books that are coming out next year. There's a young adult making of book coming out on June 20th, 2020. That's 30 bucks. Uh, that's a Ghostbusters legacy collection of, of photos and interviews, um, like a 200 page making of book uh, to kind of supplement your, your Ghostbusters visual history they also have a kids revenge of zool uh, search book like a where's waldo looking book same thing coming out on june 20th um but the big note here uh which chris you were kind enough to point out and i had totally forgotten about they are going to re-release the novelizations of the original two films in april of next year uh that are going to be available on amazon barnes and noble books a million hudson booksellers basically wherever fine books are sold target walmart um, so you can go buy the movie novelizations of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, um, not uh, the... Uh, no, nobody tell Milne. <laughs> Milne, yes. The Milne version is not what's being reprinted. Uh, I was, I'm, thank you. I was like blanking on his name for some reason. but um, I hear they're going to reprint it uh, as part of the anniversary in like uh, Pento's form or something. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so that's cool. Uh, what else merch-wise? Uh, there's uh, Christmas ornaments are, are starting to pop up at the Hallmark stores. Peter Venkman, the, the Ecto-1. Uh, Meyer, for those of you that are on the East Coast, and I believe, do they have Meyer in Canada, Chris? Nope. No, well, I can't speak for the East Coast Canada, but out, out west here, I haven't seen one. Yeah, so Meyer Meyer's always been kind of like an Ohio, Detroit, uh, Michigan kind of thing to me. But uh, they do have a, a 35th anniversary Moogly uh, Christmas ornament there that you can it's pick all up. Sparkly. Yeah, it's all sparkly, and it's it's got the 35th uh, logo on it, which is really cool. Um, and then I think that's, oh, the food network thing. Uh, they have their haunted gingerbread showdown, you know, of course this time of year, all of the food channels, uh, cooking network, they all have their Halloween bake off uh, shows. Uh, so the, uh, gingerbread showdown had a ghostbusters theme and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those shows where they come up with these really cool things in such a short amount of time. Uh, yeah. that it's, it's pretty awesome. But, uh, for this particular one, you, you pointed out, they get to fr- prefabricate stuff weeks in advance. So it, it makes <laughs> it gingerbread alone takes time yeah. and then it has to cool before you. Yeah. They, they got really elaborate. Like the end results are really amazing. Uh, 
it wasn't quite the competition show I as I like to think it because yeah they had a lot of pre prep time but it was one hundred percent obvious that a it, it was some sort of thirty fifth anniversary um, uh, synergistic thing yeah. right to get into the zeitgeist like yeah. they it wasn't they weren't hinting at it they weren't dancing around it it was like ghostbusters 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 <laughs> slimer 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 like they were just name dropping left right and center and clips of the movie and just bah. yeah that's they they tended to they were we just watched one that was like powerpuff girls cakes or something and it was like it was it was very obvious but um so yeah so uh check it out you can watch it on demand um and they're re-airing it uh, uh pretty pretty frequently on food network so check check that out good evening i'm troy benjamin and i'm chris stewart and I'm Troy Benjamin, and this is Ghostbusters 2020. From the Crossrip Studios around the world and into your ears, the news items that may or may not have touched your life, this is Ghostbusters 2020 with Chris Stewart and Troy Benjamin. Next, you're going to be in the Ghostbusters movie, which is going to make it, I mean, it's going to go from Ant-Man to Ghostbusters all the time. Oh, man, who are you going to call? <laughs> have you <laughs> have you shot that already? I just finished, uh, like, about uh, two weeks ago. So you know the whole thing? I do. Tell us everything. <laughs> tell us what's going on I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing that's, that's pretty great. Okay. Uh, because I think fans of the original will like the film. It exists in the world, you know. Uh, but that movie was directed by Ivan Reitman, as many people know. Yes. Uh, this it was film was written and directed by Jason Reitman, who's a great filmmaker right. in his own right. Mm-hmm. But now he's kind of, you know, it's he did now Juno it's, it's and the, a bunch that's of that's right. And now it's kind of uh, it's like the family it's business. It's son of Ghostbusters son now. Of, wow. Uh, yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. It's kind of uh, there's something special about that. Was it cool working with Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray? <laughs> I, I figured I'd throw it, it out and see what happens. By the way, well done. How about Ernie Hudson? <laughs> you guys must. I bet you guys got along well. Nothing, know, huh? I, I no, nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what would they? What could they do? Isn't it terrible that now we're we've come to this place where we're talking about movies, but we can't talk about anything. You can't talk about anything. It's been like Marvel. I come, I can't say anything in the past. I'm like, I can't say. Any, I could never tell anybody I was Ant Man. Now the only thing I can tell you about Ghostbusters is it's. Directed by Jason Reitman. There's ghosts in it, though, right? I mean, there's more to it than just that. That is the funny thing. No. Is it set in New York? Do we know that? I know that. (laughs) I know the answer to that. Well, now we know that, I guess. Yes. All right. Well, wow. I didn't mean I I, I I, I know that. that It's set in New York. I mean, like, I know the answer to that question. I saw your new show, by the way, and I very much... Yay, 2020 and the bug and everything. We can talk about Ghostbusters 2020 stuff. This is fun. Um, although we might not have a whole lot to talk about for a little bit here because yeah, if social media is to be believed, production has wrapped. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true because I have also seen that Eric Stielberg is still working, but some of the production crew has flown home. Um, they've left Calgary, so... Uh, the reason that we know production is coming to a close is because the rap party happened and we saw the photos on Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, traditionally rap parties, they can happen, you know, one or two weeks before everything stops down completely. Uh, especially if you're still doing stuff with a splinter crew, you need to send out the second unit to do some more stunt stuff, some reshoots, uh, or, or maybe there's, uh, you know, 
one more scene that they need to get in a can, but not everybody needs to be involved in it. So they'll, they'll send people home. Uh, so uh, things coming to a close, it's kind of weird to say that, uh, because I feel like we were just saying they just started shooting and that was in June. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the summer flew past. Let's put man. it that way. But, uh, so yeah. So, uh, congratulations to any of the production crew if you're listening out there, but, uh, very cool. And that can only mean that a trailer has got to be around the corner somewhere. Uh, mm. I know Craig Goldberg is already starting his trailer watch again. Uh, so if <laughs> tune to yes, have some <laughs> next week and they'll say, was there a trailer this week? No, there was not. But, um, so production coming to a close, we'll talk about, uh, uh, Francois, uh, article in just one second, but I did want to point out the zombie land too. Um, it's not, necessarily ghostbusters 2020 <laughs> but it is ghostbusters 3 and Zombieland 2 is now playing in a theater near you you should go check it out um so rhett reese who is one of the co-writers of deadpool on was this on twitter where did this come from shoot i should have sourced it back to where it originally came from but in, in an interview with him talking about behind the scenes of Zombieland 2 he reveals that the original idea for a bill murray cameo was to have him on the golf course with dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, and I believe Harold Ramis. They had started writing Zombieland 2 uh, while Harold was still with us. Uh, and it was going to be all of them trying to coax Bill to do a third Ghostbusters movie. And he's like, no, nah, guys, I don't want to do it. No way. And then Joe Pesci comes tearing around the corner, like in a golf cart to pester them. And they're all really annoyed with Joe Pesci for some reason. <laughs> What is there like a Joe Pesci thing? Was he supposed to be in the first movie? Uh, I don't know. I, I, did you read the follow up clip about Pesci's response? No, to, to the offer. Oh no. Uh, what was it? Uh, so they they came to him with it, and uh, and they said we're a little concerned. I mean, that you know it's kind of a small part. They might not want to do it because it was a small part, and I guess. His manager or his agent's reply to them was, no such thing as a small part, just small money. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, but uh, so yeah, so go go see Zombieland 2. I, I haven't seen it myself, so I can't spoil anything, but uh, I am excited to see it. And uh, yeah, we do know uh, Bill shows up in one of the trailers, so I don't think it's a spoiler at this point now to say that he's in this one for even a small amount of time, maybe. But uh, yeah. All right, so so the the article that you alluded to last week that you wanted to save for you and I to talk about, which I'm so glad you did because it was such a great article, um, the Calgary Herald, uh, as we talked about with production wrapping up, uh, everybody's got a little bit more free time to talk to the press uh, up in Calgary and uh, sit down for lengthy interviews that are a little bit more than, we're so happy to be shooting here, got to go by. Um, so uh, Francois Odoi, Odoi? Odoi. Odoi. I, I know you were self-conscious about it last week, so now when I say it, I'm like, oh, boy. But Francois, we apologize profusely. Um, talking to the Calgary Herald about the uh, the filming that they were doing, and again, he's very complimentary of Calgary, but uh, there were a couple revelations in here that I thought we should discuss. Um, the first of which being that Jason had started scouting the movie before there was a green light. He was out searching for places uh to be his location and he calls out uh pennsylvania new mexico and calgary and 
he immediately knew that he wanted to be filming this movie in Calgary. Uh, and in fact, told Francois before they had the green light too, you've got to go check this out. You need to go to Alberta and we need to be there as fast as we possibly can. Cause it is, it's the, it's the place it's where we want to be. Um, so, I mean, obviously Jason, this reveals two things. One, Jason is very, very excited about this <laughs> film to the point that he was doing scouts and location scouts uh, before he had the official green light. So it yeah. was something he was passionate about. Uh, two, he involved Francois way early in the process. Uh, again, before you have a green light, you're not bringing on a production designer. You're not paying a production designer to, to work on this film. So um, he he had been having these conversations and talking with Francois uh, before they even started on the film, which I think is really cool. That means that they had a lot of time even though it doesn't seem like they did, even though it seems like they really rushed and, and started production as fast as they possibly could. Um, that, that was really cool. Um, what was the other thing in here? The, Oh, well, I mean, he, he kind of rattles through all of the, the locations that they shot at things that we've mentioned on the show, like Fort yep. McLeod, um, drum Heller, uh, the gas plant, the Turner Valley gas plant, which we know that they shot at. Um, he does call out the stages that they were filming at the Calgary film center, um, which I had been hesitant to mention on the air. We knew that Chris, you and I, uh, individually knew that, but we didn't want to call that out yep. on the air. Uh, just, just in case we wanted to give them their privacy. Um, so they took over all three stages at the Calgary film center. And Francois says that they literally filled each stage from wall to wall. Uh, so no, uh, no unused space for them on those stages. Um, and, uh, but so here's, here's the, the, the big kicker. Um, Francois spoke with John DeCure's uh, son, John DeCure Jr., who did work on the original film uh, under his father, um, I think as an art department assistant. Shoot, I can't mm. recall his exact title, but... Um, you keep talking, I'll look it up. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, John DeCure Sr., obviously, we've talked about him quite a bit, uh, both on this podcast and in the uh, 20... I'm sorry, the 35th anniversary uh, uh, commentary that we did. Um, Cleopatra, you name like old Hollywood. John DeCure is, is a big name, uh, amongst production designers and his son is no slouch either. Uh, John DeCure Jr. has done quite a bit as well. Um, and so Jason, I think the first place he mentioned it was at the fan fest panel, if I'm not mistaken, but he, he put together an advisory board. He's calling it of all of the original Ghostbusters folks, um, to, to talk to, to, pick their brains and figure out what worked, what didn't work. Um, and, and basically so that they can recreate that lightning in a bottle, recreate the look and the feel of the original film, going to those people that worked on the film as a resource. And Francois said that he had multiple conversations with, uh, John DeCure Jr. to figure that out. Um, yes. Who was, uh, is credited in Ghostbusters as art director. Oh, art director. Oh, okay, good. <clears throat> so art director, I didn't know that he was that, senior at that point so art director well, it, it says like the second in command and the, yeah, the production it's, it's, design it says art direction by um that sounds but, about right he's he's the only one who gets the credit so art director yeah um wow that's uh all right so at any i mean again john DeCure jr is not they're not they're not just going to him to talk about well what did your dad think about no he is a production <laughs> designer um yep. who obviously is, intimately knows his dad's uh work so got um, some great credits too yeah, and, and he's done Fright Night, Fright Night, Fright oh. Night. Yeah. Uh, so, so to know that 
Jason and Francois were working together uh, in pre-production very intimately and, and determining all of these locations and that they've involved uh, John DeKir Jr., who, um, according to the article, is still a, a film professor at this point. He's he's not entirely retired, but um, just, I mean, that's that's awesome. Like, that's... Uh, y- you hope that for the special effects, they're going to your... Uh, Richard Edlund's and uh, you know all of the Boss Films folks, uh, maybe talking to the Phil Tippets of the world about how they did the stop motion stuff and maybe re- yeah. replicating some of those things. Um, I'm I'm so excited, Chris. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> I'm I'm just over the moon. And so uh, Francois' uh, direct quote here, I just want to make sure that we get this on the air. He says, "I really was trying to get into his father, talking about John DeCure, uh, his father's thinking." Why was that movie so successful in terms of the production and the production design? And how did they pull off that world? It has very much been an inspiration for me. So uh, from Jason wanting to be uh, uh, reverent and make his dad proud uh, to the produ- production designer uh, wanting to make John DeCure uh, proud, uh, John DeCure Jr. proud of, of something that his father would have seen and, and appreciated. Um, I don't know. This Whoa. is awesome. Interestingly, uh, the DeCures are practically family with the Reitman because um, uh, uh, Senior passed away, but uh, Junior was production designer on Legal Eagles for Ivan Reitman. Oh, that that would make sense. Yeah. So it's a, there is a history there to be observed. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh I mean, that, that is the unfortunate thing, you know, about uh, the original film is if you, and I think we've talked about it before, so I won't retread too much ground, but a lot of those original, like key heads of department are gone. Laszlo Kovacs uh, passed away. So cinematography, you know, Eric Stielberg didn't have that resource to go and and talk to him. Um, uh, Theone Aldridge uh, uh, passed away shortly after the original Ghostbusters film. So, you know, costume designer can't go talk to, to her. Um, so, I mean, where, where these resources exist, uh, it's, it's super cool that they're, that they're doing that now. Uh, should we talk about the casting that was in this Calgary Herald article? Chris? Uh, um, a lot of people were quick to point it out and you know what? No. <laughs> well, just, just because rather that the, if there's some people that don't want to hear, let's not spoil it for them. And if there are people who do want to hear, yeah. it's very easy. Just go to the Calgary Herald and find the article. Yeah, it's, totally. It's, let's, let's do that. But, uh, they, they do with some authority talk about the casting in the film. Yes. Um, but, but you and I can spend at least, I don't know, a full five seconds going, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. There yeah. it is. All right. There it is. <laughs> Hey, Troy and Chris. This is Lynn with the Memphis Ghostbusters. I uh, just wanted to give you a ghost heads up on our October appearances. Uh, we at the Paradiso Theater is going to be showing Ghostbusters here in Memphis on October 6th at 4 p.m. and October 10th at 7 p.m. This isn't an official Ghostbusters appearance, but uh, some of us will be there for those nights. And if anybody in the Memphis area wanted to join us, you know, come on down. And we're going to be at the uh, Elmwood Cemetery showing Ghostbusters at dusk. Uh, that's on October 11th. Uh, Elmwood is a really great historic cemetery. Really, really cool and really, really spooky after dark. Uh, on October 25th, the Pink Palace uh, Museum here in Memphis and their giant screen theater 
is going to be showing Ghostbusters 1 and 2 at uh, 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Uh, Tony that uh, runs the theater there usually has some really great uh, you know, uh, props and costumes and all kinds of neat stuff on uh, display out in the lobby of the theater. And then at uh, on October 29th at the Crosstown Brewery, there's going to be a Paranormal ex- Expo. And uh, we'll be out there at 6 p.m. And uh, it's really cool building, uh, the Crosstown Concourse. Uh, it looks a lot like Dana Barrett's apartment. It's really, really cool. And not an official uh, you know, Memphis Ghostbusters appearance, but I will be making an appearance at Hook and Ladder number eight. Yes, my wife is taking me to New York for uh, my birthday and our anniversary and to see Beetlejuice on Broadway. And while we're there, we're going to go uh, check out the, uh, the firehouse. So, well, just wanted to say hi and let you know what we're up to in October. And uh, hope you guys have a, have a great Halloween season. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Like, dudes, great show. This is Norval Rogers from the Crystal Cove Ghostbusters. I just wanted to point out that if you're actually going to sell some KCK some patches, I could use like four of those. Hey, better make that five, right, buddy? But, and I wanted to point out that uh, KCK some. He did the voice work for Shaggy's father on the series Mystery Incorporated, and that was like 2014. Anyway, keep uh, busting, and I'll tune in next time. Bye. Hey, Chris and Troy. This is John from Chicago. I just recently got back from a trip to Orlando to check out Halloween Horror Nights, and I used to live down there, and so I'd go to Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, pretty much any time I could. Um, so, like, when it came to a Ghostbusters house, I knew that it would be pretty high quality. Uh, but this really exceeded my expectations. I think it was definitely clear that a lot of love and attention to detail really went into the house. Um, I went through it twice, and there's still a lot that I feel like I didn't I didn't get to see, and I've been trying to catch that up on, on some of the internet videos on YouTube. Um, might just make another trip just to see if I can uh, go again. Um, there's one one ghost. It's near the Scolari Brothers that I wasn't quite sure where it's from. I don't think it's from Answer the Call, but um, maybe it's an original creation. But if anyone knows, uh, I'd love to know. It kind of looks like a, it's got like an uh, animal skull looking thing to it. Um, last thing, uh, definitely check out the tribute shop. There's tons of great details in there, and uh, while my photo of it didn't really uh, do it justice, there's the bulletin board right before you move on to the Stranger Things portion of the store, and it's just incredible. So, um, everyone, please check it out. You know, I wish I could capture everything, and the one photo I got of it really didn't do it. Really didn't do it justice. Um, I, they got Mayor Lenny's re-election poster, a parking ticket for Ecto One. There's a couple shout-outs to Oklahoma for the new movie, which is really cool, too. So uh, definitely encourage everyone uh, that can to go. Uh, I wish I could go see Hollywood's version. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's really awesome, and it's a really great tribute to the movie. So see you guys all on the other side. Have a great one, and keep on busting. Bye. Hey, folks. Tommy here. Just got through yet another run through the Ghostbusters house here at... Halloween Horror Nights Orlando. Ooh, I, uh, I'm just over the moon with this thing. It is wild. It is awesome. It's not very scary, so if anybody's been a little bit afraid of that, it is just fun the entire time. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I can't even put it into words. You gotta get down here. You gotta see it. 
I'm assuming this might be playing kind of later. If you're not, uh, you got to see the Solari Brothers. I'm uh, sorry if that's a spoiler, but the Solari Brothers, both of them look amazing. I, I nearly hugged them, but I didn't want to get thrown out of the house. It's just, you got to get here. It's awesome. All right. See you on the other side. Hey, Chris and Troy, how's it going? It's Dustin from the Alberta Ghostbusters calling again. Just thought I'd uh, give you a voicemail to play on air. Uh, Chris, it was good seeing you in town this week for the cleaning up the town screening. Uh, man, what an awesome, awesome movie. Uh, anybody who is a Ghostbusters fan definitely has to check it out if it comes to your town and when it comes out on digital media. Um, Chris, I know you and I got to uh, hang out with the filmmakers there uh, that night after and Man, just hearing some of their stories and all the cool things I got to do. What a dream come true. Uh, yeah, things are wrapping up in Calgary. We're starting to see the uh, the production kind of wind down, and they're packing up the circus and heading back to L.A. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy summer. I can't even, uh, can't even imagine <laughs> anything like this happening. So, yeah, the movie's going to be great next summer, and... As far as Calgary goes, we're uh, we're heading into Hex this weekend. So if you're in the Calgary area and want to come down and check that out, the Alberta Ghostbusters will be there. And uh, Chris, I'm sure we'll see you soon. Troy, take her easy, and I got to get to the chopper. Yeah, voicemail. Should I? I want to talk to him. Sure. Uh, hi. Uh, my name is uh, Adam, the Deadpool guy, and I'm a. Uh, uh, OG Ghostbusters fan. Uh, you know, so my uh, question is, uh, uh, the female character from the stream Ghostbusters is named Charlie. I think it's, I'd like to see her in the cameo in the Jason Ryman's uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, that'd be dope. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to meet you again. Uh, yeah, thank you, and I'll bye. All right, Chris. It's been killing me. We, I, I have... Yeah, killing it, me. It's yeah, taken, killing me. It's taken everything in my power. I did send you a text, and I was like, how was the screening? And, and you said, great. And I left it at that because I didn't want you to expand upon that because <laughs> I wanted to save it for the show. <laughs> Um, but so, so set it up for me. You, you went up to Calgary, uh, to do, to do this Q and a, um, at the, the underground, um, was it Calgary underground <coughs> film festival? The Calgary underground film festival was going on. Um, and it was screening at the globe cinema, which, uh, was my old stomping ground. Uh, well, one of my theater, it's not yeah. where Ghostbusters showed when I saw it, but it was kind of cool coming back to Calgary where I first saw Ghostbusters and got to see cleaning up the town with, um, it was, uh, a good crowd. It oh, was excellent. A large crowd. Packed, packed house or, or close to packed house or, uh, uh, a solid, let's put it this way. Monday night, uh, at seven o'clock, it was at least 50% full. Oh, at that's least. not bad. I mean, yeah. And for yeah. an underground film festival, which, you know, usually is a little more niche as it is. Yep. Um, that's awesome. So did they, um, did they show the movie first and you did the Q and a, or did they do the Q and a and then show the film? What, what was the movie first? Of, then the Q and a, okay. they introduced the, the buenos at the, at the beginning 
just to, you know, well, A, they deserve to be introduced, uh, and B, to let people know that there would be Q&A after. Yeah, uh, I mean, this, this was the premiere of the film at this point, but this is the first time that a public yeah. audience has seen the film. Yeah, as far as I can tell, it is. Um, it, just... <laughs> Just luck. Like I don't, I don't know exactly how that all managed to shake out, but uh, it was it was nice that it it was being shown uh, in Calgary as the new movie was wrapping up. Um, the director and the producers were there. Um, Brandon Schoolcraft, um, who's uh, a producer. Uh, uh, what exactly? I can't remember. Shoot. I should have made notes, but. Yeah, there were a couple of producers. Uh, one of the, I, I believe one of the graphic designers was there too, but. Um, um, well, yes. Uh, uh, Derek Osborne was there who did oh, yeah, yeah. all the um, motion graphics and. Um, archival and. Archival yeah. stuff and all that. Um, really great stuff. Uh, that was, there's a couple bits in there um, <laughs> where they. Uh, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot, lot to the movie. That's really kind of impressive. Well, yeah. I mean, let's, let's talk about that. This is sure. now, uh, a film that has been, is it safe to say a decade in the making? Oh I, no. 12 years. 12 they laid yeah, it out. So it's been 12 so, years. So 12 years. Finally, this film is, is there on the screen for everybody to see. Uh, you, you have obviously had expectations for it. Uh, how, how did you feel while you, uh, they have to cram everything into whatever it is now—a ninety-minute movie or a you know two-hour movie. It's a two-hour movie. What what were your uh, what were your reactions? You don't have to spoil uh, individual things because I'm sure there are things in there that are great revelations. But uh, how, yeah, how how was it? How was the movie? Um, it didn't feel uh, long, which is always a good sign. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That you can get through any movie past ninety minutes if it doesn't feel like you've been there for a long time, oh, especially a making know. of documentary. Yeah, yeah. The couple of things I could say was one is they structured it so it flows nicely. Um, uh, it uses the movie. Uh, you know, um. What am I trying to describe it's in, here? It's not in, it's in uh, movie sequential orders. Basically. So so yeah. They, they, they do let, the behind they the scenes the, as if it was like unfolding yeah. as you've seen the film. In exactly. That order. Yeah. Uh, and to that end, it it's almost like watching the movie in its own right. Like it's really, it's really nice to watch and it flows so smoothly. Smooth, smooth, so smooth, smoothly. Smoothly. <laughs> it flows so what, smoothly. What were you saying about not understanding that sentence? Oh boy. Eh. That's okay. Eh, so it, it, um, it, it, it flies. Uh, it moves. That's good. Really That's, well. Oh, boy, uh, I'm glad to hear that. It surprised. Let's put it this way. I was there. Uh, the Alberta Ghostbusters occupied the entire row behind me, and I heard them exclaim and chattering amongst themselves during the movie. So we all saw stuff in there that we had not heard tell of before. Oh, that's cool. Uh, th- they actually like, for example, touch briefly on some of the auditioning and casting for Dana's role. Uh, some of it we knew, but hey, we get to see some of the audition tape, and some of it we didn't know. And hey, we get to see the audition tape. Like it is, <laughs> oh my god. Um, what's I going to say? The second thing is, um, or the third thing then is that Rick Moranis and Bill Murray are not that they're, they're touched on. 
they are right. talked about. Um, there's good stuff on them. Yeah. They're not interviewed for this. And this is what's kind of amazing is I realized after the fact, they found the other people they interviewed, good bits of them talking about them in relation to a scene from the movie could run some stills or maybe even a little clip of the movie. Uh, and then by the time you got to the end, it didn't feel like they were missing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, they, you, they're, you still get their stories. You still get their side you still of the get story. Their stories. Yeah. It feels like they're in the included. I mean, they are included in the movie, but you, you don't go through the movie going, Oh, they weren't in it. Like you, by the end, like, like I had to stop and go, yeah, they weren't in it, but it feels like they were in it. Like yeah. it's, it was a really like, nice, it was a really nice effect. talk about them quite a bit. Yeah. You have to, especially Bill Murray, right? And yeah. uh, it turns out if you've got some good anecdotes about them that people are, will talk about, uh, and then you just sort of weave it into the story, not missing, uh, yeah. really not missing at all. Um, were there any things that you felt were missing? I mean, you, it, it it seems like it's a, a tight two yeah. hours. Uh, all the stuff they couldn't put in. <laughs> That's what's missing. Yeah, I mean, knowing that this was this epic, uh, whatever, uh, six-hour, seven-hour opus at one point, uh, I'm sure a lot of, of stuff had to end up on the cutting room floor. Uh, yeah. Were there were there things that were sort of major that you thought, oh, man, I, I can't believe they didn't talk about that, or I can't believe that that wasn't brought up? Uh, no, not really. Another, uh, which well, again good. means it's another good sign that somebody who, you know, eats, sleeps and breathes this stuff. I was happy with what I got. So there was a nice balance, obviously, of stuff I'd heard before and stuff I hadn't, and I didn't disagree with the balance. So, which nice. is good because it means it'll appeal to us who are major fans, but is really accessible to people who are not big fans like us. Well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, the, there were a couple of bits. Um, uh, how do I put this? B- <laughs> Music was both amazing and a letdown in places. And the letdown is nothing to do with uh, uh, Jamie and um, uh, Midi D. Midi D. Yeah. I wanted to say that. And then part of my brain's like, that's a Transformer old man. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's his name. Yeah, MIDI is um, an old audio format. What? <laughs> they did amazing music for this. So amazing that at a couple times in the movie, I stopped and went, that is not Mick Smiley. <laughs> they, 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 you know how when people do it like that song, only don't yeah, do that song so we won't the get sound sued. Alike because you can't afford the, yeah. Uh, they, they, found the line and hugged it real hard to the oh, extent good. that it was only it was only like partway through listening to it or after it had gone I went wait no that wasn't the original <laughs> at all they really caught a lot of stuff that they couldn't use in there and covered for it really nicely and the original stuff they did was really great stuff that said um obviously I think honestly it's well a it's talked about and then we never hear it is uh, Ray Parker Jr.'s theme mm. is not in there. Yeah, interesting. And I, th- I, uh, I think anybody who who has you know been listening to us since FanFest and all that, and he's got a documentary coming out. I think we can kind of read between the lines on on that one, which <laughs> yeah. is a shame because I don't see a conflict there. But I suspect that's kind of what it came down to. Uh, yeah, that makes sense that if he's got a whole documentary about the making of 
the song the song uh, that maybe the, the there were hesitations to allow permission for another documentary about the making know, of the but song that thing yeah. is it's selling stuff like in commercials it's being covered left right and center it is heard it's halloween we're going to hear it a lot so this this idea that a movie that talks on about it and and really kind of covers it for a good chunk of time in the movie then never plays like you know, 10, 13 seconds of it just to kind of tie it all together. It's like, mm. really? This is the straw that's going to make us all go, you know what? I heard that song too much. Uh, well, was, I mean, uh, I, uh, I don't there, know. I, I can't no, under, answer like, for, answer for them, Troy. There, there are always those times where you're like, what? I want to pay you to license your song. Just let me pay you money. Yeah. And you're like, no, that song is not for license. Okay. You can license it, but it is $5 billion. Like, I'm sure that's not what Ray Parker Jr. is is saying or doing, but no, um, it's yeah. But I mean, again, we we know the song, and if they're talking about the song, you can yeah. Sort of I'm not. It, this is not on Ray Parker Jr. at all. It may yeah. be. I I just can't say. But it's at the end of the lawyers. day, it's always on lawyers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's at any given time, even when he's not making a documentary about you know his his you know biography autobiography in the music biz, which will cover Ghostbusters heavily. Uh, there's other parties circling at all times with their opinion on how these things could go. And so that's just a, the other one. And I don't know why, uh, and, and maybe we'll get to talk to them about it at some point, but um, the bus boys, remember we got to see a clip of them way back when covering cleaning up the town. Oh, you know, yeah. the yeah. name of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and it was in like one of their first, Kind of like Kickstarter trailers, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah, uh, not to, another. It's, it's a small thing, but it, thing. It, but yeah. it pops out that we see a bit of them. It's 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 edited into a, a, a quick montage of stuff and all that, with another track going on, and it ends with them playing. But it's got whatever this. Uh, I'm assuming it's uh, Jamie and Mitty D did over top of it, and, uh, and again, I don't honestly know if an audience would necessarily notice. I noticed and I'm sure other people will yeah. notice because because we saw what it was originally uh, that, for. That really so. confirms to me that it's it's a, a, a music clearance thing. It's not yeah. the artists themselves. It's something to do with whatever the music or record labels are. And yeah, well, so. Um, but frankly, that's uh, it. But if, that's, if the music is your complaint, then, you know, that's uh, that's great because yeah. there's so much more to the movie than to, to just that, but yeah, I should, I should put a caveat in here because it is a great movie and I, I, I know everybody's going to see it and going to love it. Uh, but I do full disclosure need to point out that eight or nine years ago, I met up with Anthony and Claire in LA. We were both there at the same time. Um, and at the time the shape wasn't, let's put it this way. They may have had a shape to the documentary, but given that a decade passed <laughs> and they had well, to separate a whole other movie, uh, they they changed it a lot. But back then they thought it would have more, there'd be more room for about the phenomena and the fandom of it. Yeah. And so they sat me down and they chatted with me. Uh, and then when, when it was two movies being crammed into like a three and a half hour movie that they weren't happy with, uh, Anthony's like, you're not in the movie. I was like, uh, yeah, the fan stuff am, has got to go. I'm, com yeah. I'm completely not surprised. Don't worry about it. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised that the movie, um, uh, has its little, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, thematic setup. 
it's thesis setup, uh, yeah. and you see it in documentaries where yeah, they, Ghostbusters is the biggest phenomenon that has ever happened. And the, they have ooh. they have they have clips of the various people you're going to see more of later, and. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of me in there. Oh, so, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, full disclosure, that's why I'm playing David Frost here, too, is because I- I've seen multiple cuts of the movie, too. I haven't seen this particular final cut of it, um, but uh, I-, I was among the uh, the privileged who got to watch the seven-and-a-half-hour <laughs> string out, uh, which was, that was a whole week worth, of, and, and uh, you know, sending notes to, to Anthony and Claire and just saying, uh you can lose this, you can lose that, that kind of thing. But yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's, uh, I, uh, it, I don't, don't want to, I don't want any bias to, to slip through. Um, but there's uh, completely bias. But the bias exists that I'm a fan of Ghostbusters, not that I ended up in it because I actually sat down kind of prepared that like not prepared long ago, assumed that I was just a, this interesting little footnote that yeah was long gone sort of thing. It, and they needed, I don't know what they thought they got out of me, but if they're happy with it, I'm pleased as punch. <laughs> yeah. I think that's it's we're biased because we just wanted to be involved, not for the notoriety of of being involved, but to to make this thing come to life. Like that's for for the last twelve years. I'm like, this movie needs to come out. You have all these yeah. interviews, you have all this footage, <laughs> you have all these photos. For the love of God, release this movie. What can I do to help? Okay, you need money. Here's money. Okay, you need notes. Here's notes. What do you guys need? Please. <laughs> I uh, before if anybody ever gets it into their head that I'm I'm talking up this movie because I'm in it, you also need to understand that it is a bittersweet uh, response that I'm in it because they have I, the shot of me is uh, a me from a very long time ago <laughs> when I hadn't had a talk with myself about perhaps not continuing to try to pretend I was not losing my hair. And I hadn't uh, quite answered the question uh, yet. Should I grow a beard? Uh, <laughs> so so really part of me part of me was like, yay, I'm in the movie. And B was like, why are you showing my yearbook photos? Oh, yeah, like it was like that. It 12 years ago? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was like, oh no. Uh, and not only that, well, actually, no. Speaking of bittersweet, I'm I'm wearing uh, Dickie's uh, uh, short sleeve work shirt with the patch and name tag version one disappeared. Yeah, that is I don't I I hope <sighs> somewhere I, I hope some out for the work shirt. I hope some Avis car cleaner <laughs> is proudly wearing to this day. I'm gonna return a rental car to LAX at some point and. Hey. Uh, wait a minute. Your name's not Stuart. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they're um, they're working, and people's first question is Kickstarter. They're sorting it out. Uh, I think you and I talked about this before. That Kickstarter uh, was held as DVDs still ruled, and Blu-ray wasn't a thing, so or yeah. you know not what it is now. So they're working that out, uh, and obviously that involves you know they made an agreement with this distribution partner. That's going to be good for the worldwide distribution of the movie probably throws a little bit of an organizational logistics wrinkle into fulfillment of some stuff. Like as it is, they had to point out, um, um, uh, I think Brandon, for example, his involvement in the movie comes from the Kickstarter level. He, and part of it was getting to go to the premiere, uh, <laughs> at a time where they didn't know where that was going to be right. or when, yeah. uh, he was there and he brought his uh, lovely wife and it was nice to meet them. Uh, they brought themselves, uh, yeah. 
But at the end of the day, it's just one of the, it's been going on for so long that you know the world shifted around it. The good news is uh, is while that gets sorted out, uh, they were saying uh, I don't have specifics and dates, but uh, inside the new year. Uh, video on demand and streaming is going to start getting it. So oh, good. All we're right. going to get to see it sooner rather than waiting for physical. So yeah, well, pe- people will have tuned. the opportunity to see it on the 35th anniversary. Um, what what else came out of that Q and A uh, afterwards? So did you, you uh, did you talk about the <laughs> Kickstarter? What 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 were the questions that you threw at them, and and what were some of the the responses? I left the Kickstarter out because it was a Calgary audience who, by and large. And they just saw the nah. movie. What do they care? <laughs> they just saw the movie and probably weren't part of the Kickstarter, right? right. So it's like that's no, eh, that's no good. Um, really, didn't get too much into. Um, I keep wanting to say save in the day, and that's not it. On our own, is that uh, what it is? Uh, nope. Too hot to handle. I think too hot to handle. The, yeah. Uh, I was so close to getting it right and then yeah. got it completely wrong. Uh, didn't really get into that either because, again, this was the first screening. Like, why waste time talking oh, about boy, what yeah. are you going to do next? What's next? Yeah. What's hey, next? you like, just released this book that you wrote about yourself and you poured your entire heart <laughs> and soul into for the last 12 years. Uh, what are you writing next? What's next for you? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> the funny part is, is the, the opening question was is because in the credits they use the same font that we call the copper plate or whatever uh, font, but it's not quite copper plate. We asked him, it was like, you had the font. What's the font? Tell us. And he was like, oh, it's... Uh, Corinna. Col- or Columbia something or other. He was yeah. trying to remember it. And I was like, Ugh. Yeah. It's, uh, it's was, the same font weird. Columbia has used for years and years, <laughs> for years, and, years, years, and, years. and years. And that was, uh, also Fraser. Yeah, it's that's the right. Font. Yeah, we. Uh, it was kind of my joke opening. Uh, I don't remember lots because I assumed I had a recording going. Um, <laughs> but it was nice. Like the crowd had a lot of good uh, questions talking about it. Um, got into some detailed questions about the, um, like some of the the motion graphics and all that. There, there yeah. was one in particular where they're like we've heard the tying up the traffic. Story oh, inside the, 55. The Isaac Central Asimov, uh, that story? Yeah, they never touch on Asimov, but they talk about the the traffic jam they, they caused. Uh, but they talk about it more. And I, like, not to spoil anything, but I don't think we realized how badly they jammed up <laughs> New York City. Oh, boy. They, uh, d- uh, yeah. I, I uh, say no more. Yeah, I, they, I think they I know get into that. About. We actually, uh, they talked quite a bit about the music and, uh, uh, Jamie and Mitty D, um, they talked a a bit about their stuff and all that. Um, yeah, it mostly felt, if I recall correctly, it was a lot of follow-up to what we saw. Yeah. There was some stuff too, like, you know, stuff that had, uh, you know, regrets about what had to get dropped. And really what they got into was that they kind of regretted dropping some stuff, but not really regret it because again, they went from trying to put this two-hour movie onto a DVD, and now they're in Blu-ray territory. They can make, they can give us uh, right. the the physical copy can have a much higher quality and room for extras. Right, so you can put they, some of that cutting room stuff on there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're already thinking about stuff that they had to hum and haw. They don't feel too bad about because we're probably going to get to see it. Uh, sure, um, just lift a whole section out, and that becomes its own. Exactly, right? Extra, uh, yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, but in general, it was just about 
you know, the making and the doing and they talked about, uh, everybody's like, who's the best to talk to? And I was like, that's a softball. They're going to say Harold Ramis. And they were like, Harold Ramis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like it was, uh, it was good stuff. Uh, and hopefully I, I, well, I don't know. Keep your ears to the ground about, about screenings. Uh, I heard of one today. So by the time you listen to this, a couple of days after the day of release of this podcast, they're going to be in uh, Victoria, BC for a screening there. So, and Canadians getting all the good stuff as always. I know, Come but on. they're, but they're not, like I said, it doesn't sound like they're, it sounds like they've been working very hard, uh, just in general, as well as trying to get this thing wrapped. Cause we, you and I both know that, uh, all the way back to FanFest, like there was a lot of stress at FanFest yeah. about what they were bringing and could show and all that. Uh, they're at the tail end of it. It's done, right? So now I get the impression their plan is to relax. <laughs> this uh, is, yeah, this is their victory lap. And then. Yeah, you know. basically that. They're kind of putting a bit of a holiday. And if the holiday manages to provide opportunities here and there while they're on the continent to kind of overlap with the screening, they're going to do it. So definitely keep an eye out for screenings because you never know. You might actually get to ask them questions. So Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. We'll, we'll try to keep you guys updated as we hear uh, exact dates and times of those screenings and more information on the uh, the video on demand and, and streaming stuff uh, when we get that as well. I'm but, really, uh, I can't wait till everybody sees it. It is yeah. such good stuff. Oh There's, man, I'm so excited. There are five or six revelations in there, and and and, and that's just revelations. The rest is, oh, excellent add-ons to stuff I already knew, and then, hey, a really pleasant presentation of stuff I already knew. Like it's just there's no, there's no downside to this. It just it flowed so smoothly. It was ah, just so great. Oh, that's I mean, think think of that as a companion to when uh, Jason's movie comes out and and you'll see all of the behind the scenes stuff from the original film and then yeah. you can sort of apply that logic to uh, stuff somebody, that they did in the new movie. Someone yeah. did ask them if they were going to do this for the new movie and it was just kind of like <laughs> uh, you could just see they were they were oh. kind of meh. Well, uh, no. <laughs> ask us again in 30 years. Yeah, basically. So. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep everybody posted, but, uh, that's awesome. So glad that you had that, that opportunity and, um, you know, bummer on the Q and a audio, but we'll, we'll find a way to get, we'll get, uh, the Buenos we'll, back on the we'll, show. To, we'll get them back on. Don't yeah. wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call in line is 4702 GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Chris, not too shabby, not too bad. Uh, you know, we're we're p- pushing an hour and a half here, but uh, yeah. that's, that's not the worst. 
Not um, the worst. Not the worst we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, b- before we we do some final thoughts, do you want to talk about uh, that that Doc Brown video? Just give our, our franchise uh, folks a little little shout out. Um, I'm trying to think yeah, of any they, of the franchise stuff that's going on right now. I'm trying to think. A lot of past, like uh, cons, like we saw cons, the Alberta Ghostbusters yeah. at uh, cons, and um, a lot of down. Well, for example, a whole bunch of people went and saw Paul Rudd at. Was at New York Comic Con. Was it New York Comic Con? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but th- speaking of Alberta Ghostbusters, they uh, they recorded a cute little. Ladies and gentlemen, if you get your hands on a Mr. Fusion driven car, do not stick your particle thrower into <laughs> the open Mr. Fusion. That's not how it works whatsoever. It's <laughs> uh, a nuclear they, power source. I mean, <laughs> technically. Well, the, the funny part is, is somebody was like, well, surely it has 1.21 gigawatts, uh, which is a, a, a clever joke thing to say. And all it does is make my brain go, how much energy does a proton pack? So I ran down a couple of rabbit holes, uh, learned that uh, particle accelerators uh, are a really good way of producing plutonium. So yeah. Yeah. But it's very slow. But anyways, but, the, yeah. it's, it's a video of <laughs> essentially the Ghostbusters trading a proton pack for uh, hoverboards that don't work. Uh, and there's a wonderful uh, chase scene in a, a dirt road country dirt road in alberta uh, all to promote that uh, there's a uh what's it say here auburn sound manor uh the alberta ghostbusters versus doc brown will be taking place on halloween this year there's some sort of event happening at the manor uh i'm assuming it's like just a straight up halloween event and they'll be in attendance and uh the owner of that uh back to the future 2 delorean will be uh will be there Nice, yeah, good photo yeah. ops and and uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's the best part about Halloween is all of these uh, like installations. You can go out and meet all of the uh, franchises because yeah. they're well, all doing parades. Exactly, and stuff like that. Alberta Ghostbusters. Uh, not to show favoritism, it's just that uh, because of this, I was chatting with them a bit, and they were at uh, Calgary the weekend. I was there on the Monday for the uh, screening and left a couple of days later. But that weekend, a few days after that, Calgary had its first. Uh, I think it was first. Uh, Calgary Expo or something like that. It was it was a Halloween Expo thing. Uh, kind of a slow start, but I kind of liked the attempt. And they were there, uh, just as uh, you know, doing the usual thing. Their booth set up, raising some money. They did that too at the screening. They had a for the the, the Alberta Children's Hospital. Uh, they were telling me they're on track to uh, have raised fifteen grand this year wow. for the Children's Hospital. Wow. I'm trying to think if that's a year record for a franchise. If if it's not, it's pretty darn close. Uh, that's really impressive. Yeah, good for them. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, if you're in Alberta and uh, want to do something cool for Halloween, uh, go see them. Um, and actually, hearkening back to uh, Jamie and Midi D. See, I have it written down. If I just looked at my notes <laughs> and not listened to my hind brain, that's a Saturday morning cartoon name. No, I'm pretty sure that's his name. Um, they uh, on social media posted. Uh, uh, a little uh, no symbol uh, with a lot of hashtags, including uh, the words extreme and Jim Cummings and hinting that something's coming. I, th- I, th- I think I-, I-, I know it takes a Sherlock Holmes to put it all together, but it feels to me uh, like they're going to drop some uh, uh, their take on Jim Cummings, uh, his 
version cover of the Ghostbusters. That's uh, the Ghostbusters Ooh. theme song. So yeah, that'll be uh, fun. As of this recording, nothing's come out. So keep an eye on our social yeah. media because what between now and whatever it is, 12, 13 days to Halloween, something like that. I'm pretty sure it's going to drop before Halloween. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. Stay and, stay uh, tuned. Uh, yeah. And, and shout out to our Ghostbusters Resurrection uh, podcasting friends, brothers in arms. Uh, their uh, new episodes have been airing now for uh, for a couple weeks, actually. So uh, if you are behind on episodes, now's the time to catch up because uh, new episodes are coming out for, for the general public, the non-Patreon public. We can, we can uh, consume those. So check out Ghostbusters Resurrection because it is a lot of fun and makes for good commuting entertainment, let me tell you. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, we did it, Chris. We actually produced a podcast, uh, which <laughs> we're back <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Seemed like a feat that was unachievable at this point. <laughs> so but, let's, uh, let's celebrate, uh, this podcast, put it out and then go back on break again as yay! we do the hollow, the Halloween, <laughs> the Halloween shows. <laughs> I'll uh, see you. In a, I'll see you in another month, man. Maximum effort. That's Woo. what we do here at the podcast. But uh, <laughs> hey, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks for everybody for voicemails that we played up at the top of the show. That's a lot of fun too. Uh, please call that voicemail. We'll we'll work those in uh, to a future episode here in the next couple weeks as well. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We got thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Next week, though, Careless Pets. We're so cool.